Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing? I know I probably say the same thing to you every time you jump on, but I really do wonder how you're all doing. And um, I would love to sit down with each of you and talk to you because I love to talk to people. And I'm just glad you're here with me today. And um, whatever you're on a walk, a drive, um, waiting for a child, um, sitting at home, cooking, uh, whatever. These are the things that how, when I listen to a podcast, I'm usually on a walk or cooking or picking up a kid from somewhere and while there I'm waiting for them. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you um, jumping onto my podcast and listening to it. And I hope that really what I share with you or the interviews you listen to that they really help you in your lives and um, add some um, light into your life. So just a little bit uh, before I tell you what this podcast is about, um, our son Gannon, uh, we had his little friend Noah come over and play. And um, when his dad, Derek, came to pick him up, Derek just recently in the last few months was released as bishop. And if you go back and listen, um, I interviewed his wife, Carrie and Selena, when I talked to them about serving with their husbands as their husbands are bishops and how it is for their, them as a wife. So if you haven't gone and listened to that, go listen to that. But anyway, I was talking to Derek and I was asking him because at the same time that Derek was serving as bishop in the beginning, I was serving as a ward relief society president in a different ward. So I was asking Derek, how are you doing? Are you missing it? And, and you know, he said, there are so many sweet memories and experiences, but I I'm not missing it, but I, you know, there's a lot of specialness that comes with serving as a Bishop. And then I started thinking about, um, last Sunday, I went out in the foyer to head down to a Sunday school class. And when I walked out in the foyer, I saw a Bishop that I used to serve with in another ward when, before we moved to this ward. And I immediately went over to him and shook his hand and just asked him how life was and the kids and how his health was. And it was just so great to see him. And, um, so when I was out on a walk, the following, after talking to Derek and thinking about Scott, um, I just began to think about the time that I have been able to serve with different bishops and stake presidents and the wonderful things that they have taught me. And I debated about doing this podcast because I don't um, I'm hoping this comes off, right. I'm getting pretty personal about this, but, um, and I'm, and it's so fresh within the last, you know, 15, 20 years of my life, but you know what I thought we're all called to serve in different callings in our lives. And, <clears throat> you know, sometimes they're really hard callings and sometimes they're not but they all teach us so many things and we're able to serve with so many different personalities and it teaches us so much about different perspectives and ways of thinking and how to work through situations that are hard. And I just felt this deep, deep gratitude for all these people that I have served with 
But again, because I saw Derek and because I saw Scott, I really started thinking about these bishops that I served with and these stake presidents. So, um, you know, I, when Matt and I, well, when I was 18, before my senior year in high school, I've told you this before, <clears throat> I, my bishop called me to serve as a Mary Miss um, leader for the 10 and 11 year olds. And I absolutely loved it. And when I went to college, I served in a Relief Society presidency, um, a college Relief Society presidency. When Matt and I got married, I was able to serve um, in a young women's program in Rexburg. Um, I've been able to serve in primary uh, secretary, a cub master, cub committee chairman. I've served as a nursery leader three times. Um, I've been able to serve my one of my favorite callings was Relief Society teacher. And a calling I'm in right now that I absolutely love is I'm on a service mission. I'm a service missionary for the support group that meets every Tuesday night here in our area. And so I want you to think right now, as this podcast is going on about the callings that you've served in and the people that you've been able to learn and grow from and be with. And, you know, you go into many callings, not knowing the person, the name you're submitting or who you'll be serving with or much about their lives. But then as you serve together and you struggle and you grow and you learn, you begin to feel this deep love and gratitude for them. And, um, these things I'm going to share with you, um, are really, um, men that I have served with that I have grown a deep respect and love for and gratitude for, you know, they have these busy lives, but yet they take the time to give their all in serving in these callings before I do though, in the handbook, it talks about the purpose of the church. And I love what it says. It says, Jesus Christ established his church to enable individuals and families to do the work of salvation and exaltation to help accomplish his divine purpose. The church and its leaders provide priesthood authority and keys, covenants and ordinances, prophetic direction, scriptures, gospel learning and teaching support service and leadership opportunities and a community of saints. And I think that that second to last one service and leadership opportunities is that's, what's so beautiful about being a member of the church in, in, in many other things that are beautiful about it. It's that you get to serve and have leadership roles where you learn and grow and they strengthen your faith and testimony. Um, before I begin talking about some of these, um, men that I've been able to serve with. Um, I, I thought about to Exodus 17, chapter 17, where um, uh, they're fighting against Joshua, um, did as Moses had said unto him, and he fought with Amalek. Amalek, I'm not sure, I, I might be saying it wrong. So Moses, Aaron, and her, they go up to the top of a hill, and it says that it came to pass that when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed, and when he let it down, Amalek prevailed, but Moses hands were heavy and they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat thereon. and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. I want you to know that, yes, in my, in my presidencies that I've been in having my counselors and my secretary and have really been able to hold my hands up and strengthen me 
and help me so that I'm steady even till the end of my calling, or as they say in the scriptures, as the sun going down. But I've also been blessed to have these bishops and stake presidents that I've served with that have literally strengthened me and um, taught me so much. So, and some of you listening might know some of these. So I want to first start with Jason Carlisle. So um, I was called to be a young woman's president um, when uh, I was 26 years old. And Jason was a new, I'd been in with another bishop uh, before that. And there was a lot of um, struggles going on in um, the young women's program with leaders. Uh, there was a lot of women that were struggling serving with each other on the board. So back then, you know, we had our presidency and then we had advisors. And a lot of times we had a personal progress specialist and a camp director. And so there were a lot of women and um, there were a lot of strong feelings and opinions and some of it would cause contention. And I felt so alone. And um, as I was serving, I was so grateful when um, Bishop Carlisle was called to serve as my bishop because he began immediately to have monthly stewardship interviews with me. And I can't tell you the burden that was lifted off of me, my hands being held up by him just sitting there listening, hearing me and trying to understand. Because I had that sounding board, I felt like I could go back to my board meetings, um, to my presidency meetings and try my very best to unify the women, even though we were working with a, a lot of young women that were really coming from very difficult backgrounds. I just felt by knowing he heard me and he was trying to understand and do what he could to strengthen us as a young women's program, um, that I could keep going. It just gave me a glimmer of hope. And when Matt and I decided to move to central Oregon and I, I was, um, real when we, when we left and I had been released from that calling, um, I literally wrote a, a thank you card to him and told him that I will never forget how much his availability and taking the time to listen to me and hear me out changed my whole perspective and ability to keep serving with a young family because um, I had three children and uh, I was very, very busy and um, three little ones and um, I was pregnant with Bailey. So I felt this deep gratitude for him. And I'm so thankful that he taught me the importance of being there and just even listening and not necessarily having the answers, but being a great sounding board and supporting me in my calling. Um, the next, I thought about President Bivens. He was in the stake presidency and while we lived in Albany, he was in the Lebanon stake. And um, he was, I was called after being a young woman's president, they called me to be the stake young woman's president. And I was very, very overwhelmed. Um, I had, like I said, at this point, I had been pregnant with Bailey, that was four. And I was very young, uh, 28, and I was really overwhelmed. And President Bivens was absolutely incredible. He, um, he would come to our meetings and he would be so supportive to our presidency. He would attend every activity that we were in charge of girls camp. He would help the whole week, um, you know, uh, dances, stake dances. He was there to clean up put away with the youth and us and, and organize. Um, he was also 
uh, there for standards night and youth conferences and trainings. I mean, he was so present and willing and ready to put his hands in. If we were putting out desserts, he would help us do that. If, if we needed something done, he was all over it. And, uh, about uh, three years ago, I was asked to come back to that old stake that we'd been in to, um, present to a women's conference, a women's conference. And as I was there, president Bivens happened to walk in the back door as I was writing some things on the chalkboard. And I literally hadn't seen him since 2006. And so about 14 years or so. And when he walked in there, I quickly walked back to him. And I said, I have wanted to thank you for so many years for how supportive you were to us and how much you were there. You never, he never made me feel like I didn't have something important to say or do. And even though I was young, he was so supportive. And I just thanked him so much for everything he did for me as a president and for our presidency. Um, the next one that I, I brought up to you earlier was Scott Howes. Um, he was a, a counselor in the bishopric, and then he, he was the bishop. And at this time, um, I was a primary president, and um, I had uh, I found out that I was pregnant with Gannon, and um, I was having a very, very difficult pregnancy, and he was a counselor at the time in the bishopric, and there was some things that Scott taught me that I am forever grateful. And that's why when I saw him in the foyer, I quickly went out there because, you know, you learn so much from serving in these callings and they teach you so much about life and others and it helps you to become a better person. And I'm so grateful for him. So when he was a, um, when he was, when I was the primary president and I would sit down to have conversations with him. I would talk really fast and I would tell him all these things that I wanted to do and what needed to be done. And da 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 da. da. And I'd talk really fast and I would sit there for a second. He wouldn't answer. So I'd keep going. And all of a sudden, I don't know how long it took me. I had this realization that I needed to be quiet because the way that he processed things was just a different, it was just a slower pace. And I needed to listen. If I really wanted that support and guidance that I was seeking, I needed to be quiet. So even though it might've been awkward at times, <laughs> I would literally just sit there. I would tell him all my concerns. If it had to do with teachers or scouting or Sunday classes or activity day girls or whatever it was. I would just sit there and I would be quiet. And then he would say the most helpful, profound things that would just give me a new perspective. He would talk to me about that. He would address this or take care of this, or, um, he just taught me so much. And I learned how to just be quiet, just stop talking, let him talk and let him be at his pace of talking to me and not what I think my fast pace. Boo, 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 boo. <clears throat> and so I was so thankful for him that he taught me that just to be quiet and listen. And as soon as I did, I learned so much from him. And I am so grateful that I was taught that lesson in that calling. Um, the next uh, is Chris Man Lewis. He was the stake president. And um, 
I was serving at the time as the Stake Relief Society president, and Chrisman taught me so much. And one of the things that he taught me of many things was that every stewardship meeting we had every month, he would ask me where I was at in my reading of my, of the scriptures. And we would both sit there and open our scriptures and we would talk anywhere from five to 15 minutes about what we were learning, how we were applying it to our lives, our families, our callings. And we would have these incredible scriptural conversations that taught me so much. And he would give me wonderful insight. And a lot of times it would answer questions or concerns I had about my calling and how I could better serve the Relief Society presidents of the wards and their counselors. And he just taught me so much. The other thing that he did incredibly was he would never leave me hanging. If I emailed him or called him or sent him a text, he was so quick to respond. And if he couldn't talk at that time, he would say, I will call you at this time, or I will get right back to you. Or if he emailed me, if I don't have an answer, I'll get right back to you. And I'd really not had such a quick response in the past. And so it shocked me, but it was such a breath of fresh air to have him so responsive and quick to get back to me and make me feel like he was trying hard to find an answer or validate or address whatever needed to be addressed. And I'm so thankful for him. Okay. The last one that I want to share with you. And again, thank you so much for listening to this, but just seeing Derek and Scott really just brought to my heart. There are so many men that are serving as bishops or state presidents or counselors in the bishopric that do just do so much. And I just, am so grateful for them. And as we're all serving in our different callings at this time, you know, remember we're all human. We're just all trying. We're just all trying to give our efforts. And there's so much that we can glean from one another. And that's, what's beautiful about the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is we are called to serve. We are not paid. And are we going to try to do everything we can to learn in these callings? So the last one I want to share with you is Bishop Mike Miller. Um, I have to tell you when he called me in his office to extend the call for me to serve as a Relief Society president, I was not prepared in my mind. In the other callings, I would feel it coming months before. I would have promptings. I would have um, inspiration come to me about counselors, insights. This came really out of the blue for me, which was shocking. But I remember saying to him, are you sure? <laughs> Did you pray about this? <laughs> Um, it was a tough time in our lives. And, um, I had just gotten released, uh, from being the stake relief study president. And I had served as a nursery leader for six months. And I just was really enjoying being with the children and serving with my nursery leader, co-nursery leader. And I just thought, uh, just not now, like that's how I kind of felt. And I'm sad to say that, but I did, but I want you to know that heavenly father could have never given me more of a wonderful bishop to serve with. He um, was, has blessed my life so much. He was so, um, he listened to me. He validated me. He would put forth my ideas and thoughts in meetings. He would seek my counsel. He would be so supportive of me. 
he would make me feel like what I thought, what I felt, what I had to say was of great importance and that he would put forth those things that I would ask him or I would suggest, which was shocking at times because that's not always the case, but he just was there for me. When Carter came home from South Africa, we went to the airport and I will never forget. It was our family, Matt and I, and the kids. And we walked toward the area where Carter would come off the plane or that, you know, they don't let you back by the terminal, but out of the doors. And I look over and there is Bishop Mike Miller sitting in a chair waiting for Carter too. And it just made me cry with the deepest gratitude for him that here I was as a mother at that point, going to get, pick up our son with the kids. And he was there for me as a mother, not as his Relief Society president, but as a sister in his ward that he loved and cared for. And he showed up and he sat there and he waited and he left me feeling with this great gratitude in my heart for him. So each of these people in my, and that I've served with have taught me so much and, you know, reflecting on this and, and thinking about it. I am so thankful that I've had this time to serve with these different personalities and different people. Um, there's a wonderful talk by Henry B. Eyring. It's used a lot and it's called rise to your call. It's from October, 2002. And this is what he said. Um, he gave this talk because he had a young man come up to him and say at a meeting, president Eyring, I've just been called to be the elders con president. What can you share with me? And he got up in conference and said, what I'm going to answer his question to share with all of you, what I would say to him. And this is one of the things that he said, you can have the utmost assurance that your power will be multiplied many times by the Lord. All he asks is that you give your best effort and your whole heart, do it cheerfully. And with a prayer of faith, the father and his beloved son will send the Holy ghost as your companion to guide you. Your efforts will be magnified in the lives of the people you serve. And when you look back on what may now seem trying times of service and sacrifice, the sacrifice will have become a blessing and you will know that you have seen the arm of God lifting those you served for him and lifting you. And that's what I feel right now is when I look back at the trying times of service and sacrifice that it is truly a blessing and that those that I served with these bishops and these state presidents and counselors, they have lifted me and strengthened me and taught me so much through their service. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.